funny fungus and formaldehyde. Welcome back to the Effortless Podcast. My name is Jose. Welcome back. My name's Alex. This is The Missing Wires. What is this, episode 14? 13. 13. Lucky number 13. 13 episodes. And it's Friday, so we're 13 on... It's Monday. It's not Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is... uh, Well, I'm thankful to be here on Friday, Monday. I'm thankful for Fridays and for Mondays. It's also uh, Thanksgiving week. Yeah. If you celebrate that sort of thing, whether you're celebrating, um, you know, pillaging, plundering, all don't, that don't celebrate pillaging sort of and plundering. Uh, or if you're just uh, using it as a day to celebrate the people you love in your life and to truly give thanks. Yeah. Being really thankful for them. Um, or even just like the little things in your life that you're thankful for. Mm, you know, mm. maybe you went to the drive-thru to get a coffee today and the line took a while and the workers felt bad about it. So they gave you a free coffee or you forgot your card at home and you got to the window and you realized you didn't have your card, but you already ordered the coffee. They already made the coffee and you're like, Hey, um, I have like this thing on my phone. Can I like pull up my card on the phone and pay through that? Like, and they take your phone and they try to like, hold it against the machine and they do it for like five minutes and it doesn't work. And eventually they're like, you know what? You can just have the coffee. It's no big deal Mm. on us today. Mm. Um, no matter how you got that free coffee. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it brightened your day a bit Yeah. and it gives you another reason to be thankful. Cause as we've talked about before, when you're looking for all of like the good things, they're going to be highlighted and you're going to see them when you're looking for all the bad things. They're going to be highlighted. You're going to see a lot of bad things. You're going to see them. And I don't know about you, Alex, but I want to see more good things in my life. So Yeah, yeah. I don't same. think that means ignore the bad. I think sometimes you got to confront stuff, but... Absolutely. You know, that's the hero's journey for you. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is. Yeah, I think... Um, So today, that's what the discussion is. Hero's journey, people, perspectives, all that does. Um, and, you know, being thankful, I guess we can throw that in there because it is Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I guess it is, uh, it is or can be or should be intertwined with the hero's journey is being thankful. Um, were you watching Frey Ren? Yeah, I, I haven't, I think I stopped watching it Yeah. for, I don't know, probably the last three episodes, but I think I got like six or seven episodes in. I think I'm like roughly in the same spot as yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, I, I haven't just watched anything new yet. saw like the sword dude kill the dragon. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So just for some context, you know, if any, if anyone's wondering why why I'm bringing up this this show. Um, it's very relevant. Not only is it about a hero's journey, um, but actually I want to bring it up in terms of thankfulness because within this show, there's a character who lives for a very, very long time. She's an elf and she lives for you know thousands of years. And she has friends who are human 
and she meets people of all different types of races and all different types of creatures who have different lifespans, but no one has anywhere near as long of a lifespan as her. And she is very indifferent to the time that she spends with humans because it's very fickle to her. She like even states at one point in the show that, oh yeah, like, you know, we, we only spent 10 years together. We only we only journeyed together for ten years. Why, why would I um, hold that in very high regard or have very much weight on that mm-hmm. compared to the rest of her life? Because yeah, that's not even one tenth of my life. Yeah. Or no, no, no. She says that's not even one one hundredth. Yeah. It's not even one one hundredth of my life. It's less than a hundredth of my life. Like you know. We it was just just ten years mm-hmm. to me is nothing. It was um, almost like she didn't even consider them friends. Yeah, almost. Like, it like, was like bordering like, oh, these were just my acquaintances that I like. Yeah, hung out with to do like this specific thing. Yeah, it 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 certainly was like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, you know, spoiler. I think, I think she starts to she starts to recognize the importance of time a little bit more um, throughout the show. And I'm not very far. Like, uh, like we've mm-hmm. said, we're not, we're not, we're not caught up with the current stuff, but the point is not about the show. Really. It's really just about the, um, the concepts of being thankful and appreciating the time that you have with people and, and actually placing meaning mm-hmm. on the time that gets spent um, on your journey and your journeys with people your experiences and your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. You know. Not only that, but if you take all that into perspective, like f- don't focus on the small times that are bad because they're not like, you know, one hard moment is not a big portion of your life. It's less than one 100, probably less than one 1,000th yeah. of your life. Just one shitty day you know whereas like a good moment may also be short but you can carry it with you in a really good way for a long time and Mm -hmm. like having those good moments stack up can be really nice too yeah yeah and i think you know we've touched on touched on before kind of tending to your crops and and um fertilizing your soil fertilizing your soul and your soil and mm-hmm. and really like just trying to you know check in with yourself and get a better understanding and or you know try to try to get to a place where you're not carrying the bad stuff with you um anyway, right because it's like like you're saying Jose like the you can take great things with you and you can carry them with you mm-hmm. and keep them with you um, and of course you can do that with bad things too. And, and I think a lot of times we, we do that with bad things, uh, unintentionally. Um, and maybe part of that can be remedied by being a little bit more intentional about carrying good things with us. Um, but I know that also part of that is, you know, wrapped in with like trauma and things that, um, take a lot of inner work. Mm-hmm whether that's with a therapist or on your own or through journaling or whatever um, methods that, you know, there's a lot of different things that people do to process things that have happened. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's, you know, part of it is being intentional about carrying good things with you. Mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting experience related to that that I've had is that, uh, you know, when it comes to psychedelics, right? I, I have these memories of people, you know, expressing that they had really beautiful kind of thought processes in certain moments of being on a psychedelic, like really just beautiful in a way that made them feel very content with being and made them feel inspired and like they wanted to work towards something and like all of like the good things and that like they were like loving of people and understanding of people when they were flawed and like just like the types of like, you know, the types of the type of place that I'd say like most people want to be. Um, and, but people being like, yeah, I just really wish I could take like, I, I wish I could like feel like that forever. I wish I could take that feeling with me. Um, and I, part of me has felt like it takes effort like to take those things with you like mm-hmm. I um and so I I guess like I've been thrown off by that statement before um cuz it to me for for psychedelics I've always just thought of it like like any other type of experience where it's just like you know I I can go on um a road trip with people mm-hmm. for a week and that's one experience or I can you know take some mushrooms with you and that's another experience mm-hmm and I think of them very, very similarly. Um, things are going to happen along the road trip that are going to not be the normal run-of-the-mill things because we are treading into unfamiliar water, yeah. usually. Um, same thing with psychedelics. And we're going to go through some stuff, but we're going to go through it together. And we're probably going to grow in some way, whether it's for better or for worse. Like, depends on the experience um, and the setting of the experience and all that jazz. But... Um, for the most part, it's like if I have a really good experience, whether that's from a psychedelic and a moment with somebody on a psychedelic, or if it's from going on a road trip with somebody or taking a vacation with somebody or, you know, engaging in a specific activity with somebody, like, it's like, these are all just experiences. And so I'm like, man, like, well, how do we take anything with us like from any experience right yeah. it's a, it's really just like not only like i you know i think when when people talk about things being impactful like this is kind of like an interesting subject i guess to dive into um i do think that there is a component of you know the how open you are right mm-hmm. which makes sense right like but like now I've, I've had this thought chain before um i guess like on the subject of your ability or willingness to be impacted. And and actually, specifically, I've had a, a more specific version of this with psychedelics. Um, the What I've felt from psychedelics and what I've kind of witnessed within other people a lot is that psychedelics, I've witnessed this, that they help people to be really willing to appreciate very simple things at a very high degree. Yeah. The amount of times that I've been with somebody and we're just, you know, we're on a psychedelic and they go, oh man, I, it feels so good to just breathe. Like you were just like, damn, I love breathing. And then we're just like sitting there tripping like, oh, wow, it feels great. Like just a big smile washes onto your face. Like you're just like, oh, wow, dude, it feels good to breathe. Like, and then you just kind of like this like absolute appreciation and love and like acknowledgement of like, wow, this thing that's like, 
so mundane and so kind of we think of as passive and um, just happening whether or not we Mm -hmm. want it to or not. Like, um, and taking a moment to really allow yourself to be enthusiastically Mm -hmm. enthralled and to be wowed. Yeah. To allow yourself to be wowed by something. I like, this is actually something I think is really interesting when you run into somebody who has a certain mindset where like, no matter what you say to them, you'll never see them go, oh, wow, that's wild. Yeah. Like it almost feels like some people are like, I could say the most ridiculous, like absurd thing to somebody and, you know, have them be like, oh, huh. huh. Mm. Well, I guess, yeah. Mm. Not surprising or yeah. whatever, right? Like, Like something that's just like, just completely like, even if it was something amazing, yeah, like something so cool, into, like standby mode, and they just be like, "Oh, that's cool," and continue doing what they're doing or whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm like, and obviously that's like a very specific type of scenario, right? That's like a very specific and anecdotal event mm-hmm. that either I or somebody else could have with somebody. Um, but it's like more of a highlight of like, yo, like, I I think there is like a component of that, right? Like of of being willing to be wowed, to be willing to be kind of like astonished and and all that and like yeah. to be willing to and be open to that feeling um and like you know it, i don't know it's it's interesting right I, I wonder why psychedelics can have that impact i think it's a like a one of the more profound impacts that i think psychedelics can have is that is that just really really getting people to a space where they feel I don't even know if, it, if I would say if they feel comfortable to be enthusiastic about something. I just think it's like it helps them get to a space where they bypass even thinking about like, is it okay to be yeah. really enthusiastic or is it okay to be shocked? Is it okay to not know it about this thing? It kind of takes thing? society and norms and all of this mm. human created shit and it eliminates it in the way yeah. that you can just live as a human being in the moment without fear of, you know, how you're coming across to others. And obviously there's a counter to that when you have a really bad trip and all you can do is think about, you know, are people looking at me? Like what's going on? Is somebody after me? Or, or you end up having a really bad mushroom trip in the form of like drug induced psychosis. Yeah that takes you a couple of years to get over, yeah. which I've been hearing more frequently mm. um, from a few different people. Um, I know that Tosh Sultana music artist went through that experience mm. and had a really hard time and like just dove headfirst into um, music. Cause it's something that, you know, she'd known since a young age and, yeah. and, but really had to work through a lot of crap. And I don't know, you know, the other contributing factors. I don't know if there was certain traumas involved or if there were alcohol or other drugs involved yeah. or any of the backstory there. But um, I do think that that can be kind of one of the scary factors for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that being said, I also see a lot of good that they've done. And I, I like to, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the way I kind of see LSD or mushrooms or, you know, more 
eye-opening psychedelics in general is it almost feels like a shortcut to get to like if you imagine there's this island Mm -hmm. way out uh, in the distance and there's no bridges there you can't take a boat nothing like that um but it's an island of profound enlightenment and peace and Mm -hmm. just acceptance and love yeah um and imagine that you were a monk who was meditating and training for years and years and years, and you've mm-hmm. reached this island on a spiritual level. Yeah. And like you're, you're able to transcend your spirit to this place on a regular basis and enjoy this meditative enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, the LSD or mushroom puts you on that island for a short amount of time. Can. You're able to take a shortcut and just end up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like you said, it can, um, I don't think that that's something that always happens to people, but, yeah. um, I find that there are people who <clears throat> get so addicted to that feeling of being on that Island that they might overdo it yeah. with, um, just searching for it, yeah. reaching out for it. And I also yeah. think a, a lot of that has to do with like where you're at in your own life. And, you know, maybe you're not as willing to confront your own stuff as you are willing to chase something that isn't tangible because you haven't done the work to get there, Hmm. which is also kind of what we're talking about today with like the journey, the journey and the work and the effort to get somewhere is the actual tangible reward. Yeah for reaching a destination i uh it's funny i like the i like the island analogy i also um i think this actually comes from a trip of mine with mushrooms but i kind of like to envision like i guess like a hallway like a hotel hallway um, and that every single door has different wisdom behind it. And the further you go down the hallway, right? It's like you, you reach more profound and comforting types of wisdom, mm-hmm. the types of wisdom that can be deployed in, in certain challenging moments in life that can bring you peace and bring you to those, those, those places of understanding. And I think, right. Like, I think like, so if you want to think of it as like a scale, like if you're able to open every single door in the hallway that one could reach that, that Island, no matter the external scenario, if you were able to open all the doors. Right. And keep them open. Um, because what I've felt and how I've stated it at times for myself was that I didn't feel like mushrooms or any psychedelic was like the answer. Um, it just, there are things that helped me open doors in that hallway that I think not necessarily I wouldn't have opened. I just think like you're saying, it is a shortcut. And I agree with that statement because I think 
that psychedelics like helped me open those doors mm-hmm. maybe sooner than I would have yeah. without them. Agreed. Um, and so in that sense, this is one of the areas where I, I'm sometimes like, you know, is this, a, is this an okay shortcut? You know, if it's not something that's causing uh, you personally harm, right? Like, right, like, because um, there's good connotation and bad connotation for shortcuts, right? Like, right, it's just like, oh, like you're running through the woods and then somebody's like, oh, let's take a shortcut. And you're like, here, let's scuttle yeah. down a little trail to the side that you know is going to get you to the destination quicker. Mm-hmm. And and then there's bad shortcuts, right? Of like, you know, like you're cutting corners and like you're, you're really just trying to be fast and you're not trying to actually do the work and the job and the thing yeah. that um, is being asked of you or you're asking of yourself. Um, so it is, it is really interesting. I do, I, uh, and I, I guess I want to kind of um, point out, I guess, and draw back to the attention to the fact that um, I said like to keep the doors open um, is another thing too, is mm-hmm. like, you know, being able to open all the doors, keep them open or, yeah. you know, being able to just, potentially have one or two of the doors opened periodically and being able to peer inside a couple different doors here and there from these different experiences and you get peeks into these different doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe can be part of why some would say, I wish I could take this experience with me or I wish I could take this feeling with me. Maybe that feeling is them them opening a door and being shown what was inside of that door. And then um, whether it's a personal thing or it just is the way of things, they weren't able to keep the door open yeah. and lost sight of what was on the other side of the door and weren't able to access it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but I do, I do like to think of it. Um, I like to think of it in that way. Um, I love, I love the Island because the, the feeling of contentment and calm and acceptance and understanding like all of those things wrapped into one does feel like an island. Yeah. It does feel like a, like when, when the turbulence of emotion is, is allowed to rest because it's been mm-hmm. tended to and it's met with certain types of understanding. Yeah. Um, it turns into laminar flow. It turns into laminar flow, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I, that does feel like an island. Yeah. So I, I love that for that. But I also don't like it because I don't like to think of like like we've said before, like it's really the journey. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to think of like the, an end point mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, well, this is the island that we're trying to get to. Yeah. Um, because that also, like we've talked about before, and I know this isn't what you're saying. Yeah. But it also like the idea itself and. Uh, I guess implies that that there is an end. That there is an end, and that once one reaches the island, that there's not much left to do. That they can mm-hmm. hang out on the island, um, which you know, as we've discussed before, I don't, I don't really like the sound of that. Right? Like, I, yeah. I personally have said, you know, I'm somebody who's never going to retire, right? Like, and I don't mean that I will reach up, or you know, I don't mean that I won't work at some point, like as an employment or an or an employee or a job yeah. of some kind, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm never going to stop doing work of some kind, yeah, right? Like I'm never, sure. I don't want to just be like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm old, I'm 60 years old, and now I'm just going to sit down and watch TV all day long mm-hmm. and, and you know, fucking yeah. eat food and fucking wither away. Mm-hmm. 
brain and body and then become fucking an absurd, out of touch, insensitive, crazy person mm-hmm. by the time I'm 75 because I've spent 15 years sedentary rotting my brain and yeah. my body. Like, you know, it's like, I, like, I'm not saying that that's like what a bunch of people do. Yeah. But if that's what you plan on doing, maybe I am calling you out. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. You know, I'm just, no, I'm just, it's more that that's just not what I want for myself. Right. Like I, I have a lot of respect for my grandma. My grandma is somebody who she just is doing. Like she has a huge fucking garden, like that she's constantly tending to. And there are times where I, I think I've recognized that maybe she has like a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with doing with her garden. Potentially, yeah. Um, but it I've also seen that it's like it it's still amazing. You know? Yeah. Like it's it's incredible. So it, I mean it's better than sitting in one place and withering away. It is. It is sure. absolutely like and I hundred percent believe that yeah. the reason she's even still as sharp as she is is because yeah. she does oh, absolutely. so much. I mean an object in motion stays in motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's. I was talking with uh, my cousin the other day about similar stuff and just how it feels like a lot of philosophies, or rather philosophers, have like this end goal in mm. mind when it comes to their their personal philosophies or theory on philosophies and mm. like. Um, essentially, it's like okay, well, when you take it so far that you think that like, you know, you found it then then what you know yeah. like i don't think that there actually is an end point to any philosophical yeah um, i think that's where a idea. lot of like ego can start to develop yeah exactly um and that you know there's never an end to personal development and growth and and furthering yeah all of your spirituality and your mental state and and just who you want to be in the world um and, you know, maybe you've found exactly who you want to be. And I feel like I've found that, like, to an extent, like, five years ago, the person that I wanted to be, yeah, I became. Yeah. But as I've said previously, I'm now adding on to that, you know? And, yeah. and there are further goals now. Um, there's a, a different person that I want to be now um, in in a way that, I've recognized more things about myself that I can improve. And yeah, just like you're saying, like it's, it's not a a, a journey to seek an end, but it's a, it's a journey to seek growth essentially and create laminar flow in your life, which I like a lot. Um, Funny story actually. uh, And I, I don't think either of us are condoning, you know, seeking what may be illegal or legal drugs in your area and just experimenting or anything like that. Yeah. It's less um, about that. It's more about the, yeah. the focus on, on the experience and lessons that yeah. are learned. And, and Absolutely. The, I think the lessons that are learned and the experiences we're discussing, um, can be had in many other places. Yep. Absolutely. And you might find just as much of a lesson in personal growth out of meditating and knitting for a few hours every day, you know? So, um, anything you want to do, do some research, get whatever experiences you want and be safe, whether it's with legal or illegal drugs. Um, 
and uh, addiction can also be a really hard thing to overcome. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, back to the story. Um, I went snowboarding with our friend Nathan. May he rest in peace. And Nathan introduced me to some delicacies of the psychedelic mushroom world. And he had brewed this tea. It was a, just a lemon honey mushroom tea. And for those of you that don't know, the if you take psychedelic mushroom in a tea form, it will hit you quicker uh, because it, it it's processed faster into slow sin. And sometimes people might argue that it'll hit you harder too. Um, and that the peak, the peak will, uh, be quicker and more intense. Um, so Nathan had this whole like 32 ounce Mason jar full of mushroom tea. And he said that there was about 10 grams in there and that he marked the spot on the jar where he's like, if we're snowboarding today, we should not drink past this line. Like between the two of us, we should stay above this line and we'll have a good time and we'll be fine. And I was very inexperienced with mushrooms. This was maybe my first or second time taking mushrooms. And it's a fun day. There's powder everywhere, uh, like deep snow, soft, beautiful, luxurious, not that many people on the mountain. It's a weekday. And every single lift that we go up, Nathan brings out the tea. And, you know, I didn't have my water with me this day. And so I'm thirsty and it's refreshing. It's nice. It's, you know, kind of coats my throat and we're probably three or four chair rides deep at this point. We've gotten a few runs under our belt and we're having a great time. And then I remember we're on the longest chair. Um, we decided to head over to the other side of the mountain chairlift number eight. And we're about halfway up this chair and Nathan's like looking at the jar and there's like a quarter of it left. And the mark that he had made was a quarter of the way down from the top. <laughs> so we're now oh, like, no. we're now double where we were supposed to be. You're in deep water. And, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, it was just so refreshing though. And it was so yummy. And like, it's fine, right? And he's like, I mean, I'm fine, but like, I don't know. This is like one of your first times. I was more worried about you, but if you're okay, you're okay. And, and I'm like, then all of a sudden, like the clouds start coming in at the top because we're, it's the highest chairlift there. And, and it's right when we're getting up to the top, it just hits me. And I was like, Whoa, um, I think I'm okay, but I can't get on another chairlift. Like, I, I cannot be up on a chairlift anymore today while this is happening. Like I'm fine being on the ground in the snow, but this is, <laughs> this is whoa. Yeah. And we're like a hundred feet away from getting off this chairlift and I leave my body. I'm just like, I'm a third person now, like 100% third person watching myself from like three feet away. And I'm like, okay. And I get off the chairlift. I strap in. I'm like, Nathan, I need to, I'll meet you down at the lodge. And I start going 
and I'm watching myself do tricks before I do them. Like I'll, I'll see something coming up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to 360 off of that. And I'm seeing myself do it from a third person perspective before I ever even do it. And then I go and I do it and I land it perfectly. And I'm dude, I'm going off of things left and right. I'm hitting every like drop and cliff line that I like know of on the way down harder than I'd ever hit them before doing like three sixties and front flips off of everything that I hit. And, and it's like everything that I knew about snowboarding and I knew about myself and I knew about the way that I like to ride clicked into place. And I'm like, dude, I'm just a bunny. I'm like, when I'm snowboarding, I, I snowboard like a rabbit. I get close to the ground I hop around a lot and that's just it. And it, it was like so obvious in that moment. And ever since then I've been riding differently, like yeah. towards this rabbit like riding direction. And I've never gone back and it's just been like, it just works perfectly for me. Yeah. So I get down to the lodge and now it's like really hitting me. I'm looking up at the sky and everything's moving and like the trees are stretching different directions. And, and I go into the lodge and I like, I'm like, this is way too much for me. Like I can't be snowboarding right now. I can't be around people, but I need to wait for Nathan to get back to the lodge. So he knows where I am. Yeah. So I can tell him that I need to walk to the car and I'm just like, okay, when I get too stoned on weed, like I have in the past, what do I do? I, I do normal things. I drink water. I use the restroom. I do normal things. I walk around. And so I'm looking around at everybody at the lodge and I'm like, they know I'm high. They're like looking at they They think I'm so they, they know I'm on something. And I'm like, I don't really care, but I don't want to run into anybody that I know. Sure enough. Two seconds later, I run into somebody that I know. They're like, Hey, Jose, how you doing? And I'm like, good. And I think I just walked off after that. I don't know. Um, I went pee. That was difficult. And then I went and bought some fries and bought like a big, one of their baskets of fries and just sat down at one of the tables, hunched over, kept eating them until they were completely gone. I just did not stop eating. And then I just laid back in my chair and stared at the ceiling. Finally, Nathan comes in. He's like, Hey dude, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> and he's like, yep. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, I think I'm going to go to the car. He's like, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I can't get back on a lift. I need to walk to the car. And so I hike out. It's not that far. Um, hiking out to the car, just tripping the entire time. I get in the car. I lay down. I start watching anime. Justin texts me. He's asking me about work stuff. And I'm like <laughs> trying to read the text on my phone and the letters keep jumping off of my screen. No, dude. They're no like getting shot. bigger and smaller. And no I'm shot. Like, like, dude, I can't even. And um, so I didn't text him back yet. And I just lay there and start watching anime on my phone, yep. having a great time. And, and then I put the anime away and I just go into this meditative state, just kind of staring out the window, laying down in my car, just letting all these waves of whatever they are wash through. And, and it almost felt like I fell asleep for a minute. Mm. And then just as quick as this trip hit me, 
it just disappears. It's like, and it's not like I I wasn't tripping anymore, but it was like a brand new day all of a sudden. Like Mm. I felt like a baby that had just been born and was experiencing everything for the first time. But I had the knowledge that I already had as a human being living on the earth for 20 something years at that point. And I get out of the car and I just feel vibrant. I feel fresh. I feel like I, I, I just went through the craziest experience and discovered like how I was supposed to snowboard. And it, it, it's so like such an insignificant thing, like to be like profoundly enlightened about, yeah. but it was also really cool. Um, and I go and find Nathan again and I'm like, Nathan, I know how to snowboard. <laughs> it's like, I, I was a good snowboarder before this, but it's like, like something about that statement just made so much sense to me. I'm like, Nathan, I know how to snowboard now. Like I know how Jose me this person needs to snowboard and we just like crushed it for the rest of the day and had a great time and uh he he said that he had ended up like taking a run and just hanging out in the trees like just finding like a nice little snow cavey area making himself comfortable and just hung out in the trees for a while on one of the runs and he had he had himself a, a great little time that's fucking sick man yeah that's awesome oh man yeah, that is cool. I think like just finding out anything about yourself, you know, like yeah, even if it's just learning how you like how you snowboard and what your snowboard style is and all that jazz, right? Like, I think that's cool. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. I bought a specific board after that too. Yeah. Cause it's like, I knew Yeah, I need to be riding like a little short tail swallowtail board that just lets me sit way back and just bounce over everything. Bounce on everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. It's good shit. Yeah. I think like, you know, even if it is considered a shortcut in some sense, right? Like I think, it can still be very valuable. Yeah. And I, I, even more so, I think if you <clears throat> bring to the table the stoned ape theory. Yeah. Um, because it is, it is interesting to consider and to think about, not that, you know, psychedelics are really like the, you know, not that they're like the root of humanity, not humanity as in the species. Humanity is in having humanity. Yeah. And humane. Yeah. Having empathy and, humane, and humanity. love and et cetera. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to think like of seeing, you know, like the, like cases of animals having empathy um, and like being able to like witness. So like when something's in pain yeah. and like trying to comfort it, like many people say that dogs and or their cats like know when they're sad and they yeah. come and like cuddle with you when when you're sad and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think that necessarily that being human or us having evolved in certain ways necessarily has to do with empathy and or furthering that evolution would make us more empathetic. Uh, you know, I'm not claiming those things it could maybe it maybe that's you know i'm not sure i'm not here to say what the 
what the direction of evolution is. Yeah. Especially when it comes to psychology. But man, I like to think that that is what a more evolved state is. Yeah. Or like I I like to think that the more evolved state of a human being, both as a species and psychologically per individual, is is one that is moving away from hatred and conflict and yeah. destruction of our surroundings and mm-hmm. destruction of other cultures and that, you know, that sort of um, just really moving in the direction of empathy and moving in the direction of collectiveness and of, and of that of love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, cause that's how we made it this far in the first place is coming together and forming, like forming societies, like coming together and working together yeah. to be like, Hey, we can all achieve great things. Yeah. Here we are, like mm-hmm. all in this place together. We can achieve something. We can survive. That was the first thing, right? Like mm-hmm. survive surviving was the achievement for a long time, right? And then uh now we've got a whole host of other achievements and things that we can chase after. Um but Yeah, it's interesting to consider. <clears throat> well, it's also like the challenges that you know people or groups of people face as a whole can have a major impact on maybe I don't want to say the evolution of how we are as humans, but I guess for lack of a better term, how we evolve in that empathetic way and like, you know, with slavery and shit, it's like people worked really hard to abolish slavery. Yeah. And there weren't any, weren't really any shortcuts there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and as humans, at least in this country, we had to evolve in a way that was more empathetic and kind and caring yeah. and compassionate. Like, I don't think that conflict and hatred and all sorts of negative negative things associated with it is a sustainable course for humans in general. And I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. And I think even the people causing a lot of the harm in the world would probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, Or they're so deluded into thinking that maybe they want to be the only one in the world Mm -hmm. and that that would be sustainable for them. Um. But, you know, it's that it's like you were saying earlier, I don't know if it was on the podcast before we started, but the the act of hard work towards something, towards an objective, regardless of the value, the objective value of that goal or whatever it is, the hard work is what makes it valuable and creates value for the individual or even for the group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, there are a lot of people who work towards really, really silly things and they work really hard towards them. And that's valuable to them. And I think that's cool as long as it's not harming anybody. You know, I think that's... It's even what we've talked about before with, like, how we might not understand 
how somebody places so much value into somebody following them on social media or something that we just can't relate to, you know, yeah. it means a lot to them though. Yeah. So if you like them and you value them, then you can sort of value what they value too, yeah. at least in the way that you can support them. And I mean, there are people, what was the, I saw this really dumb video of, it was the like world championship for making beds or something like that. It was a competition for making a bed. And they have a crowd of people there and they have a judge and they have all this stuff and it's like, everything's timed and everything's perfect. And they're, they're making a bed. I watched the whole video. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's, and I was like, is there a catch here? Like <laughs> it's, they're just making beds. Um, and if you like that, that's cool. I'm sorry I said it was a dumb video. <laughs> uh, but in reality, it's like, okay, it's not about their objective. It's about how hard they worked to be that good at something, right? Because regardless of what they're doing, they're motivated and determined to work as hard as possible at it even if it's just making a bed yeah. and that in itself is a great reward. And yeah. they're probably, they're probably going to be making beds their entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, why not put some hard work into that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's kind of funny. I don't bring up like a contradictory point here. Yeah. It's funny that like, we, we, so we talked about actually, I think before the podcast too, like what the, how we have respect for hard work in this country, but it doesn't necessarily like, um, you know, it doesn't reflect in terms of like empathy or like kindness or anything like that. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, um, really bring a lot of understanding to people un unless you have like a kind of a personal experience with somebody after they've developed some form of respect. But I don't know, it's kind of funny that we have that. And then, but then, and then there's other countries that have like a ton of value on hard work and there's other cultures that have like, you know, high value on hard work. But then some of those cultures that have high value on hard work also have like high suicide rates and like True. other things, right? Like other things going on. So, and of course this is like, yeah, obviously, it's, there's never just one variable, right? Like in a society, and and when it comes to people's health, and and um, you know whether or not they're happy being alive. And obviously, like hard work isn't the only variable, right? Like, and and uh, working towards things and putting in a lot of effort. Obviously, those aren't the only variables. Um, but it is kind of interesting to just consider where they are yeah. variables and uh, and when they are very applicable and, and relevant variables. Um, you know, especially I think very relevant here where we live in America. Um, and, you know, for anybody who has a decent significant amount of free time, and there's a lot of people who have 
in the grand scheme, like a good amount of free time, right? Like, yeah. I think what, like most people work between six and eight hours a day and sleep for that same amount. Not so, even every day. Yeah, not even every day. people don't work weekends yeah. or whatever days they have as a weekend. Yeah. And uh, so then you're looking at eight hours of free time outside of your sleep and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's other things that we do than sleep and work. We eat and we clean and we live, you know. But it's interesting to consider, like, in the grand scheme, right, like, there's some cultures and some there's some places where you can live where you don't have that much free time because you yeah. actually have to be doing things, right? Like we were talking about, like, last time, like, this, you know, village in Siberia that's, like, not a village, it's a town. Like, they're fully modernized houses and stuff. It's just so fucking cold there that they their way of life requires them to just be actually yeah. taking care of certain things all fucking day. And it's like hard work to just mm-hmm. keep things running and like keep them livable, you know? So it's, it's just interesting to consider like, damn, yeah, like if we've got free time then, right? I think the, the value of effort and stuff like starts to go up a bit when we like, we have so much time to just like to not do. Yeah. <laughs> like... I think like in in certain scenarios it's interesting it's uh, you know how much does it affect you how much does the the idea of even putting an effort affect you like it's funny because in our scenario it's a very psychological thing mm-hmm. versus in a true survival type of scenario it's a very like tangible <laughs> type of consequence if you're not putting an effort right yeah. you're like yeah, I'm going to go hunting today and then you're just like Man, I don't fucking feel like I running really today, dude. Like I really don't feel like running today, dude. Like, I'll just fucking hunt next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to eat for the next five days. I'll just forage tomorrow, I yeah. guess. Like, I'm fucking tired, dude. I'm going to sleep for a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Like, you just don't, you can't, there's not, it's not even an option, right? Like, in that type of scenario, lack of effort equals dying. So then it's like, you know, obviously it's impactful in a tangible, real life, you're surviving type of way, but then also like again, double fold psychologically because that you couldn't possibly feel good if you're not surviving. Yeah. You know? Like it's like if you don't have the the kind of hierarchy of needs taken care of, like it's hard you can't really attain that other thing that's mm-hmm. like comes after the hierarchy of needs. Um yeah, it's just kind of an interesting and funny little thing but. it's funny that we have so many options now yeah, yeah it's yeah. like okay i can just literally do almost anything i can think of yeah like and if i really wanted to do that thing i could just find a way to reach that goal mm-hmm. at some point doesn't matter what that thing is you know i want to just ride jet skis as much as i can jet skis are expensive i can't really afford one but like if I wanted to pursue that, I could go out there, I could meet people with jet skis, I could make friends, I could get into that, I could find a used one at some point, mm-hmm. get a trailer, hook it up to my car, whatever. Yeah. And I just I really think we have too many options. Like when you're looking at somebody who literally has to keep themselves warm on a daily basis and chop wood and go hunting and do foraging and all that jazz it's like 
when the options aren't there, you don't have time to think about like, oh, what do I want to do today? Oh, I'm going to dwell on a bunch of crap from my childhood today and <laughs> scroll through social media and, you know, fill up my brain with a bunch of stuff that makes me not think too hard about all my childhood trauma, but like it's still there in the back of my mind. It's like if you just didn't have any of those options, you'd just be out doing stuff with no time to think about any of that, you know? And I don't I don't really want the time. And I, I think it's important to separate work from jobs too. Because I don't see jobs and work as the same thing. You do work at a job, but a job is not the same as work. Cause like I work towards all sorts of stuff in my life. You know, um, I consider, and I know I've said this before, but I consider doing this podcast work. It's fun work. I really enjoy it, but it's also something that I take seriously in the same way that I would take a job seriously. Um, I also think that people probably have a lot of different viewpoints on this because they, and, and different, even motivating factors like if something's not like an official job to them they're going to put a different level of effort into it Mm -hmm. you know like they can take they can go to work clock in and then they're serious and motivated to do something because they don't see it as an option almost Mm -hmm. like i have to go to work i have to work at my job i need the money i can't get fired or anything like that or they just take it seriously in a way like this is my job so i'm doing it I have no option and I'm, I have to work at this level while I'm there. Um, then they go into their home life and they have their hobbies or whatever they like to do, whatever they like to work on outside of their job. And they don't put that same level of effort or have that same seriousness to it. Um, and they don't hold themselves accountable in any way, like for their normal work. Um, and that's something I've been trying to change personally yeah. over the last however many years because I used to kind of be like, oh, okay, if it's a job, I can hold myself accountable. Accountable, I can be motivated. I will show up on time. I will work hard. And then everything outside of work was just like, whatever. I'm playing games. I'm, you know, having a good time. I'm drinking, doing whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't. I'm not on the schedule right now. I'm not clocked in. So like, I can just enjoy myself in whatever way I think that is. And now it's like, no, I'm filling up my time with as much work as possible, but work for myself and for my friends rather than like a specific job where I'm just there to make money and work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I like that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think we've uh, talked about before the association between a job and working hard. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think that might tie into a little bit about what you're talking about and why we often struggle to apply seriousness in other areas. Um, yeah, I also think like it's we we have like conflicting, I feel like philosophies in this country where it's like we we like respect quote unquote hard work and achievements. But then we also glorify the hell out of 
reward and relaxation. Yeah. Just to the maximum degree. Mm-hmm. Like you ever seen like a commercial for a cruise ship? I was just going to say like the <laughs> entertainment industry <laughs> is insane. Yeah. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's a, it's all, I've always thought of it as kind of conflicting, mm-hmm. you know, like I, growing up and, and hearing from my dad, like, you got to work hard. Uh, you got to work hard. You know, you got to work hard. And, and it, it's funny because it was so often put in the context of like, hey, if you want to do this thing over here, you got to work hard. If you want to enjoy these things, you got to work hard. Um, there was never like a relationship formed between working and like, you know, like the yin and the yang and them seeing each other as yeah. one, you know, seeing themselves and the other, right? There was no like relate, relating them like that. And so it was, for me, like growing up, right, it was witnessing and I'm sure like maybe you've had this experience and many other people have had this experience and maybe other people live this because maybe it feels natural after witnessing it for so long or maybe it feels natural because maybe we're not, maybe we're not designed to be fully clocked in all the time. Uh, I'm not sure why, you know, I think there's different reasons why it might feel natural, but right, like getting off of work and the belt comes off, the the work clothes come off, the beer gets cracked, I'm sitting down, I'm like taking a load off, you know? And maybe that's not right when you get home. Maybe maybe you recognize you've got a little bit of work to do once you get home, right? So maybe you get in and, uh, you know, for me, this is occasionally, this is what goes on is like I get in and then I'm like, fuck, the kitchen's fucked up and I'm trying to cook food. Mm-hmm. I got to clean this shit out of this kitchen right now, you know? So it's like I get home and I'm like, all right, there's more work. I got, you know, and so I go ham and I'm not clocked out yet. And I go ham and I clean the kitchen and I yep. cook the dinner. And then once the dinner's cooked, then I'm clocked out. Yeah. And it's like, now, like, you know, now I'm taking a load off and now I'm like, now I'm like checking out and like just being like, ah, oh, okay. Like work mode is done. Yep. Um, I don't need to be like rigorously attentive. <laughs> totally. Um, and it does so, feel good though. Yeah. When yeah, you come home and you're still in that work mode yeah. and you just like, Get some more you don't done. you don't hesitate you don't let it just slip by the side you're like no i'm work mode i'm gonna get this 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 and this done yeah. and it feels so good yeah to clock out after that it does yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting like to think of it and compare it again you know and i mean i do this a lot and it might just be ridiculous to some people because it's not tangible for us but comparing it to a survival scenario and, and <laughs> yeah and, and like you know old days right it's like this the clocking out is like you that really only time for that is sleep right like like if you're your waking life is spent like foraging slash preparing food or water or doing something to um help ensure the survival of everybody who is around you and you're worried about, you know, maybe there's natural predators near you that are like big enough and strong enough to yeah. pose a danger to humans. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. It's like the, really the only time you're clocking out is sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to like, yeah. to think now that we have this 
we have this period of of free time like even free time the fucking even that the you know the name free time yeah like that's you know it's a it's an interesting thing to be like damn we have that as humans which is like crazy to think that it's like we came from animal survival type of scenarios and came to a time where like damn we have time to theorize and philosophize and you know think of goals to achieve and progress theories mm-hmm. and measure the stars yeah or to, or <laughs> to sit and yeah. and do fuck all um right like or to, or to like to feel defeated and to wallow in it you've got time to wallow yeah right like so it's it's really interesting all right this there's like good things about having time and there's also like not so good things right like whereas like survival scenario you don't have time to wallow mm-hmm. it's like you didn't get the kill it's like fuck the fuck up bud we gotta get a kill today yeah. you missed the shot we still gotta find one yeah. you know like you don't have time to take a 30 minute poop no dude there's no 30 minute poops count grooves on a tree no yeah no time for that yeah it's like dude we gotta finish the hunt we gotta yeah. we gotta get food for the fucking squad right like mm-hmm. so <clears throat> it it is interesting right like, like when you have time it's like damn okay i suddenly have time to like it can go both ways it can go somewhere immaculate and amazing or it can take you somewhere fucking terrible right there's some people who claim that they you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just one of those people who just has to be busy all the time. I have to be doing something all the time or, or else, like, oh, bad things will happen. <laughs> <laughs> bad things will happen. Yeah. And then the, part of me is like, uh, <laughs> doesn't, like, I was like, being busy is good. But then if, if when not doing, you're flooded with horrible things, it's like, yeah. maybe that's not great if when not doing you do not want to be flooded with horrible things then yeah. there's something else is askew as well yeah if when not yeah especially if when not not doing yeah is actually something that you should be intentionally doing yeah right especially if one follows any buddhist philosophies yeah or teachings revolving around meditation whether that be a religion or a specific philosophy or if you're into yogic stuff you know, it's like the act of non-doing is work in itself. And it's uh, within within those philosophies, it's essential, mm-hmm. right? It's an essential and intentional time. Yeah. Intentional. Mm. Buzzword. Buzzword. Yeah. No, it comes back to intention. It does. You know? Yeah, intention's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think like... Yeah, kind of like reflecting on some of what we said earlier, you know, it's like taking any of this stuff with you, right? It's like, man, you could hear a podcast and then like f- not take any of it with you, right? Like, but then like sometimes, you know, sometimes you hear something and like you'll be like, oh man, I need to write that down. Yeah, like, totally. Or sometimes you'll think of something and be like, I need to write yeah. this somewhere so that I can f- make sure that I hold on to it and I take it with me. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, like I, I almost feel like I had the sensation of, after certain experiences with psychedelics, feeling like I was like this feeling, like this thing that I discovered, whether it was um, a piece of wisdom that was, you know, could be applied to a lot of areas, or if it was yeah. a specific philosophy or theory that I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I want to continue to think about that. 
um, and continue to hold that close to me, right? Like whether, whether, no matter what it was, I feel like I had the sensation of just like, like just, I will take this with me, you know, like I like ripping it. I'm like, I will rip it from this moment and I will put it into my heart. I will not let this go. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, like there was times where there was things that were so impactful that brought me to tears that were just like, but such good, good tears. Like that I was like a ferocity to hold on to those yeah. times. Like just an absolute, like, I will not let this slip away. Like this, this is so huge and massive. And uh, again, yeah, yeah. Touching on uh, the, the, the idea that it can help you be more open to being enthralled and to being yeah. impacted. The, the uh, you know, your willingness to be impacted can, can potentially increase. Um, yeah, I think that that was, you know, that was very key. And me even me even having that recognition, that like, you know, because it's one thing to be to be enthralled, right? It's one thing to be like, oh wow, right? Like to be to be lost in your in something, right? To be completely enthralled by something. It's one thing to have that, but then to have the realization, and then to be enthralled with the realization that there is something helping you achieve that state. Um, and not that it's like, oh, this is something that I need all the time yeah. because it's always helping me. It's just that, hey, whoa, 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 okay, dang. Not only was the thing putting me in a state where I was enthralled, where I, where I was enthralled, it was, it was, I'm actually like, oh, shit, it, it opened me up and allowed me to feel like, oh, no, like, it's not happening to me. I... I'm allowing myself, I'm opening myself up to be excited and enthusiastic. And I'm opening myself up to be like, wow, that is so cool. That's actually so cool. Oh my God, that's amazing. That is so amazing. You know, like, I, like it, it feels almost like a muscle, like to be like, you know, allowing yourself to be excited, allowing yourself to be amazed or joyful or, or fully just like, you know, impacted by something. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like there's like a weird energy of like, and I feel, I feel like I started to feel it in kind of the middle school slash high school area. It's called puberty. Yeah. And I think s- some people... Got them. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think some people might like you know talk about it as like oh like the cool the cool air or whatever yeah. right like but I I witnessed that it suddenly seemed like it became kind of lame to be excited about something and when people were really stoked about something especially if it was something that others might have considered mundane or oh well that's just something that happens every day like chill out dude. yeah. Um, that it was like, damn, like people's excitement was getting shut shut down, um, and I think I've, I've actually witnessed quite a bit of that culturally here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you even just take the example of like a, a little kid being stoked about something, and then the parent being like, "Can you chill? Like, can you like okay, quiet down, relax? Like, 
chill and getting, like, no, and getting they're upset. They're discovering something for the first time and they're yeah. so stoked and happy and yeah. curious and cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're like, you know, like I've, dude, the amount of times I've seen a kid go, wow, oh my gosh, look yeah. at that. You know, like so, so excited. Yeah. And so open to being impacted by things yeah. that it's only when somebody comes along and says, hey, stop being so impacted by things. Yeah. You're being ridiculous. You're getting too, you're getting a little too excited. Mm -hmm. You can be like, yeah, I'm excited about that. But if you start jumping up and down and like being like, wow, this is so, so great. Oh my God. You know, people are like, oh, it's a little, you're a little too excited. Mm, it's a bit much for it's me. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. It's a bit much there, bud. Like tone it down. Well, that's why like, I mean, you know, being nerdy is cool. Being nerdy nowadays, is so cool. But like when I was going to middle school, being nerdy was not cool no, at all. No. But the nerds were the most excited about things. Yeah. They were just, they were in this place where they knew they weren't cool and that a lot of people didn't care for them. Yeah. So they didn't really give a shit if they like flaunted all of their interests in a very excited way. Yeah. Which is actually the right way to go about it. So cool. Because it's like. The coolest. Like they actually just have awe about things that they think are cool and they're willing to express that. And then as you're growing up, like the more you look around, the more you see that, Oh, it's, it's not cool to be loud and excited about something that I like. And, okay. and everybody's different too. Like I've never been outwardly all that excitable sure. um, with like tons of emotion or anything. You know, it's like my parents took me to Disneyland when I was a kid and I get on a ride and I'm just stoic the whole time. <laughs> just nothing on the inside i'm bursting with joy i'm having a great time it's a wonderful experience and they just think that i didn't like the ride and i'm like no i loved it it was great um and you know every person's going to be different in that regard yeah. but i think i think a lot of like i don't know it's kind of annoying that a lot of like the nerdy things that are cool now it's like people aren't super excited about them they're yeah. not they're not obsessed with them or, or not even obsessed obsessed is the wrong word they're not like passionate about mm -hmm. them you know it's mm -hmm. almost like they're associating with it because it's kind of a cool fad mm -hmm. um or a cool phase to be a part of mm -hmm. uh just like a lot of i think the specific cultural changes that we're seeing in the u.s right now um i think so many things are just bandwagony fads that people like to be a part of um mm -hmm. to feel included to feel normal essentially yeah. like nowadays it's normal to be not normal like yeah. it's cool to be fringe and different and i don't know whatever it is that you might think of and i for one just want people to just express themselves and enjoy things that they love doing and not care about like things that are cool or not. And, yeah. you know, be loud if you're a loud person about it, maybe yeah. not in every scenario. Cause sometimes it might be a bit much. Yeah. Maybe don't walk into like a nursing home with sleeping babies and, and start being excited yeah. and yelling or in a library. Yeah, yeah like, totally. Library is not the right place. Yeah. Like, but there's some places where it's good. There's some good places, some good places you can go. Yeah. And like nowadays it's like anime not nerdy anymore. No. Like it's it's pretty mainstream now and like 
cool to be a part of. Yeah. But I'll call you out if you're faking it. Because I love anime. I yeah. always have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm... I've loved it since I watched Samurai Champloo. Yeah. I think I watched it when I was like either 17 or 18, maybe 19. But yeah, that's when I really... Great show. Discovered it. And then I just fucking dived in and started watching a lot. Yeah. I'm 1,007 episodes into One Piece right now. And it's a journey. Yeah. And it's slow. Yeah. It's like five episodes for one thing to happen. Yep. It's a drag sometimes. But when you're that deep, like, you kind of have to keep going. You kind of have to keep treading through the waters. I will say that shorter animes tend to be better than longer animes. And that's not always the rule. We'll see. Because... Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of heroes' journeys out there. A lot of heroes' journeys out there. And that's something, too, that um, I did want to touch on is, like, when you're saying, like, with the entertainment industry and stuff, it's, like, we get so many subliminal messages from the entertainment industry that glorify, like, both sides of things. You know, glorify easy living, rich living people that don't have to work at all a day in their lives who just live it up. Like reality TV shows are a good example of that where it's just like, you're just seeing one side of things where people just live in a nice villa together for a while and just party nonstop. And, and then you also see a lot of heroes journeys that are meant to be emotional and, are filled with tragedy and conflict and hard work and perseverance that usually have some sort of positive resolution. Um, Sometimes they're just sad stories (laughs) to the end poorly, but you know, it's like we live vicariously through these things. And I think more so than a lot of people are willing to admit, I think I don't know. I think it, it, it's kind of sticky sometimes. Like, I think people should be careful about the constant media, whether it's, you know, mm. movies, shows, or social media that they're consuming. Cause I think it does have an impact on our brains in the way that, like, to an extent, our brains feel like we're experiencing those things. Mm. And if yeah. that wasn't the case, then I don't think we would be as drawn to it. Yeah. You know? Because we we have to relate in some way. Yeah, I... You know, it's like... There's a reason why I don't like watching, like, true crime type shows. Like, or like, you know, like CSI type things. Like... Yeah. Where you're just, like, constantly, like, exposed to, like, examples or depictions of people who are really fucked up in the head and either do really fucked up things or say really fucked up things or you see a lot of this stuff like you know and it's like I don't like to watch a lot of horror movies for like kind of a similar reason Um, is that you know like when I was young like I remember like I remember not having like a lot of like weird kind of like paranoias or fears and then I remember, like, there, I watched, like, certain horror movies when I was younger. And 
Um, the paranormal ones, like while there was ones that kind of fucked me up a little bit um, that were paranormal, the ones that really fucked me up were ones where it was an, a, a person yeah. doing something awful. Um, and just being like, oh shit, like this is what people are capable of. And maybe there's somebody out there who's like going to do that. You know, yeah. like, and maybe, maybe somebody's like close to me that will do that. Like, or like, you know, I'm, maybe they live in my neighborhood or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and so I remember like just times like after watching a lot of horror movies where like, you know, I'd, I'd spend like significant periods of time feeling a more heightened sense of paranoia. Oh, absolutely. When I was really young. Um, I still get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I was, I just kind of remember feeling like, you know, I don't think I want to like expose myself to this type of stuff frequently. Um, so I just kind of stopped cause I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think like, you know, any and all media is going to have impact. Right. And like at this point, like we've all been probably desensitized to a ridiculous degree. Right. I mean, it's crazy. I literally can, you know, get an advertisement for for something, and then my next, I flip the thing, and the next thing I see is like a fucking video of an apartment complex yeah. in Gaza. You know, like like getting bombed or something, and it's yep. like, and it's like, wow, okay, like, it just feels like dystopian. Yeah, <laughs> like, feels hella dystopian. You know, it's like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, we gotta, gotta be conscious, gotta be intentional. For sure. Um, gotta pay attention to what you're, what you're doing and what you're exposing yourself to. Um. Yeah, you are a tree. You're a tree, man. You'll just absorb shit. Yeah. Whatever you feed your roots, it's gonna go up, it's gonna get into your leaves, it's gonna get into your fruit. It's gonna get in your and fruit. And you know man. what? Your fruit, eventually, your fruit drops on the ground. You want and that other to be a people good little fruit. Eat your fruit. Other people pick up your fruit. Your seeds spread all over the place. <laughs> I don't think you can say those things. <laughs> and <laughs> like, what do you what do you want to be in that fruit? You know, yeah, do you yeah. want love and kindness to be yeah. in that fruit? Do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. And even like I said before, there's there's the studies that you'll learn in psychology classes. Um, they delve a lot into it on like witnessing an act of kindness or doing an act of kindness or yeah. receiving an act of, act of kindness. All three of those things have similar benefits yeah. on a mental level. And so next time you open up your phone to look up a video or scroll through social media or I don't know, like watch a show, whatever you're doing, like look for just a quick video on an act of kindness and watch it with intention Mm. and take it in and think about what you're putting in your roots and think about how you feel when you're watching that video, because I, I'd hope that it affects you and maybe like there's something going on your, in your brain where like it literally, you won't feel anything and it won't affect you. Maybe your nervous system is offline and you need to start regulating a little bit. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. if that act of kindness impacts you, it makes you feel good. makes you feel a little bit like you just did something kind for someone. Then also think about 
how when you watch something really shitty that that might also be affecting you in yeah. a similar way yeah um but in a negative way yeah you know? yeah and like i mean this stuff is worth thinking about i think it's worth thinking about who you are and where you where you're going and who you want to be in life right i think like at least i like to think that people don't have the intention of ending up bitter and pessimistic and shitty yeah i can't imagine somebody would start out and be like you know what i just really hope that over the years i can stop seeing the good sides of things and stop seeing the good in people and i just really hope that by the time i'm like 50 i can just be the most bitter piece of shit who doesn't understand anything you know what i mean like i don't think anyone's out there dreaming of that yeah so which makes me sad because i've come across many bitter people and many pessimistic people yeah um and when I say pessimistic, I don't mean just on the front that life's going to work out for them. I, I mean pessimistic in terms of what they think of humanity and of humans and of people. Mm -hmm. um, and mind you, I've seen some absolutely heinous things from people. I've also seen some absolutely glorious things from people, right? Um, yeah. So I don't think, you know. I, th I think the intention is, is really important. I think it's it's very important to actually think about what's going on with you, right? Because if you imagine that and you imagine that people who are bitter and shitty and disappointed and pissed off and pessimistic, if you can imagine that it was not their intention to end up there, like then I think that means that, you know, things can happen in our lives that that could push us in that direction and so it's worth being very conscious and intentional yeah. um, as you're going through life and trying to recognize how things are impacting you and trying to acknowledge and be tapped into like hey this thing just happened to me and right after it I started having like some really pessimistic thoughts about people yeah because I got really disappointed with the behavior of somebody um, and that is just like giving me a bitter attitude about people in general yeah. or something like that, right? It's like just like to just try to be conscious. And if you see somebody acting shitty and you're like, well, that's just normal. That's just people. You know, that's just what I expect already. It's like then it's like, okay, maybe we should like work on, you know, like we yeah. should like do some, do some checking in, right? It's like we like because I don't think any of us want to end up bitter. Yeah. At least, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself and maybe for you because you seem to be agreeing. But like, you know. No, I'm just pretending. Yeah, nice. I see. I appreciate it. I appreciate it for that. Want to be bitter? <laughs> like I want to be. I want to be the old man that's honking at school kids that are crossing the street, yelling at them to yeah. hurry up. I want to be know? the old man who's just like running over protesters. Yeah. Well, actually, I want to be the old man who doesn't have to drive down the street because we have flying cars. No, scratch that. Let's work on teleport teleportation more. Yes. I want to be the old man who just teleports to where I'm going. Yeah. And I don't want to be bitter about it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I don't I don't want that and I don't want that for anybody. Yeah. I don't want anybody to end up bitter, you know? Yeah. It's a sad place to be, man. Like that like 
especially when you have a moment to step back after you like have an interaction with somebody and they're so like you just see this like dark cloud of bitter fucking terrible attitude yeah they're just exuding it and it's like it's just fucking sad at the end of the day like you just sit back and you're like that fucking sucks man yeah i don't wish it upon them you're so like enveloped in this shit and maybe it wasn't your intention that now you just like you you refuse to see out of it yeah you're like no you know what i have accepted these things as the reality and now i will view the world through this lens and even if there's something good that happens that's going to be an outlier that's going to be like an anomaly like it's not a sign of something it's not a sign of humans being actually great and capable of greatness it's just fucking it's just somebody's doing something they're probably doing it for another reason mm-hmm. they probably want to get something out of it i want to believe that I'll have the strength and perseverance to grasp on to the smallest light yeah, for the longest amount of time. With a ferocity. With a ferocity. Because in the end, I'll be much happier that I did, you yeah. know? And it, it all kind of comes back to square one, episode one. Be your own best friend. Be your own best friend. You're a tree. You got to see yourself as a little sapling and you want to nourish it with intention yeah. and love. And that's it. Yeah. Thanks for coming if you've made it this far. As always, we uh, traverse some territories I don't think we uh, could have foreseen. But yeah, it's been a great time out of grid. I had a good conversation. Thank you, Jose. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Missing Wires. Signing off. Clocking out. Clocking out. Peace. Peace. Peace.